Welcome, my boy Jabbar, to the show. Man, so Jabbar and I, we're pretty close, I would say. I feel like we're pretty good friends. I've known you for around two, three years. I've known you since you were 18, 19, now you're 21. And ever since you've been a real estate investor, you've been somebody that gives back to anybody that wants to get into short-term rental investing or just in general investing as a real estate investor. And you've been honestly one of the sharpest young people that I personally know. I would consider you like a younger brother in a way where we have that relationship where we help each other out. And it's just been awesome just seeing your growth and everything you've been doing. And I'm so excited to share your story with everybody here. Honestly, know everything that you can think of, any limitation, Jabbar has passed through those limitations. And I think as we're going through this whole sequence of your story and everything you've done, you guys are going to realize that it's literally hurdle after hurdle, like lack of resources, lack of anything. He finds it. He's the most resourceful, one of the most resourceful people for his age. Welcome to the show, Jabbar. Man, that was a hell of an introduction. Thank you so much for having me. Oh yeah, man, dude, you are the man. And honestly, I hype you up to other people too. It's not just, it's not just for the camera. I'm really excited to share your story. So let's dive right into it, man. What's your story? How did it start? How, what got you into real estate? I was fresh out the boot camp, 18 years old, making $1,500 a month, minimum wage in training. And I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad a couple years back when I was 15, just by happenstance. And so I met someone while I was in training. He was a multimillionaire. His name's Phil. I talk about him all the time. He was already financially free. And after meeting Phil, it just lit a fire under me to take this like financial freedom. Like I'm going to be rich journey, like super, super seriously. So I started saving everything I had, which wasn't much because I was only making $1,500. So I started increasing my income. I was standing duty for other people. I was door dashing. I was doing anything I could just to get another dollar. And I ended up seeing like stocks as not the best way for me to like really become financially free and a millionaire in my 20s and then just stumbled across bigger pockets and real estate and once I got into that I saw you know titles like 20 year old making 750 grand a year wholesaling and then you see the titles like 21 year old multimillionaire with 56 units and I was like well, they can do it why can't I do it so I got really inspired listen to every single episode of the bigger pockets podcast. And then five months later, I bought my first property and it changed my life ever since. Cause I house hacked it, used my VA loan, had to put 5% down because I had trouble like qualifying for the loan amount. And today cash flows over $2,000 a month. It makes more than the Marine Corps literally pays me every month. And it's appreciated over a hundred thousand dollars. So that kind of is what started my journey. And so now I'm up to nine units under contract on one more. So hopefully you get to 10 units by the end of the year. And I haven't even been here or in this game for two years yet. So what are you looking at for net income? Oh, so 10, once my units are stabilized, I'm just now getting stuff up. I'll be well over $10,000 a month in passive income. Yeah. Recall it passive. And not only that, those properties are appreciating. There's tax advantages and other benefits of real estate. So long-term, these properties will make you even more wealthy. So that's the crazy thing about real estate. So yeah, dude, the equity that I'm forcing into one of my deals, literally textbook comps, like 1.1, 1.2 million. And I paid 695 for it. So that, I mean, that's, 
almost half a million dollars in equity just right there that I'm just forcing. That's why I love real estate because it would take me years to save up $500,000, even if I was investing it into the market and stuff like that. Even if I was making $100,000, it would still take me years to get $500,000 in my net worth. And then boom, real estate, you find a property below market value, you put some money into it, make it all nice like the other ones. And all of a sudden you're that much richer. I love it. Yeah. So with this market that's happening right now, is that impacting your investing strategy at all? The like with the interest rates and yeah. the contraction. So I, it affects purchases a lot. I'm a lot more before I feel like in 2021, I was a more I was more loose cannon because interest rates were so low. So I had a goal last year to get into a million dollars of debt because of below inflation. So I was like, this is like absurd. Like we're not, we might never see that again. Now that interest rates are up, I'm being a lot more conservative in my underwriting. Everything has to work as a long-term rental. So obviously a good deal for me because I look for 30% plus cash on cash returns. It It's hard to find that. And it also works as a long-term rental. And I'm also able to put a competitive offer on it because there's so right. many other people who put in bids who are like, I only need a 20% cash and cash returns. So I get out bid on market and then off market, there's been some potentials, but nothing really that I've liked. So uh, I actually, a lot of the things that we're looking at, like me and my friend, my partner, we're looking at like owner financing and sub two. I did a sub two deal back in June where I took over a 2% interest rate mortgage. And those deals, we have a lot more flexibility because we don't really it doesn't matter what the market interest rates are today. We're taking over the seller's mortgage, which is typically below what's what the going rate is now. Or owner finance, we just negotiate a better rate. Yeah. That's where I'm pivoting to get better opportunities. But I wouldn't say it's, I just think it's like anything. I, you buy real estate whenever you can. It's like dollar cost averaging. You buy it when it's up, you buy it when it's down. Over a long period of time, you'll be okay. I think the people who are more sensitive to that or people who are flipping or like wholesaling that because that short-term market fluctuation affects them a lot more. But we're in the game of holding Airbnbs, right? Holding short-term rentals. So it's totally different. Yeah, it's a long-term game for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about limitations and barriers that you face that somebody our age, I'll say our age, I'm 26, but somebody <laughs> our age would face, right? So one of those things is capital. Where did you find the capital for these deals? Are your parents just really wealthy? Did you just stumble upon inherited wealth? <laughs> yeah, so my parents aren't in real estate at all. In fact, when my first property, because I didn't really have the money for it or the income for it in my family, like I was literally on the phone with them, like I was cold calling them. And I was like, hey, I have this thing. I want to do this real estate thing. I just need a little bit of help here. All of them gave me an emphatic no. And I'm really grateful for that because really that taught me to look outside of my family with sourcing capital, sourcing partners, and finding different ways to purchase properties that are good deals. So I learned in real estate, tip it's really only three things you need, right? Like we three things you really need. You need the money, you need the expertise slash knowledge, and then you need the time. If you're missing one of those things, sorry, I put middle finger up. If you're missing one of those things, then really you just need to be able to provide the other two and you can always find someone else who's lacking in that area. So a lot of people with money, they don't have a lot of time 
And a lot of the time they don't have a lot of expertise. So that's where I came in. And that's when I started pitching to investors, hey, like, let's, instead of you investing in real estate and spending all the time doing this real estate thing on your own, doing all the research, managing the property, you're a really wealthy person. You're really wealthy guy or girl. You don't need to spend your time doing all that. I can do all those things for you. You put up all the money, you get the loan, and we'll split profits 50-50. And so a lot of people will say, oh, why would they do that? Instead of them investing in real estate and spending the thousands of hours that I did to be able to go out and execute a deal and it become really successful, they just tack on and leverage my knowledge and my time and my expertise. And they're probably going to get, let's say, a 10%, 12%, 15% return maybe I'm able to give them that even more, plus even more, but they put no time into finding the deal. They put no time into managing the deal. They do absolutely nothing. My business partner, Connor, literally, we bought this cabin together. It was my first short-term rental I bought October of 2021. And it's done well. We've grossed $90,000, $600,000 purchase price. All the money was brought forward for that deal. And he's done nothing. I'm doing all the work. I was the one who even found the deal. I put the deals together. I'm always on the phone with the cleaners and he's getting an amazing return, right? The money that we invested or that the other money that I didn't have that was invested into the deal is getting a phenomenal return without having to do anything. So it makes perfect logical sense to any reasonable person, never, never less an investor that really just cares about the numbers to say, yeah, instead of me doing all this work in time and putting up the money, I'm just going to put up the money and then watch my money grow. And Jabbar has got me. So that's pretty much how I am funding deals. I just bought a house last week doing the same exact thing. Investor puts up all the money. I do all the work. We both go to happiness and both make a lot of money. They get a good return. I get a good return. I get another deal under my belt and everyone wins. Yeah. So challenge here as well, Jabbar, how do you establish that you're the expert, right? Because you don't have a track record when you're starting from zero. Yeah. So my first deal, I had one property. It wasn't a short-term rental. It was a long-term rental. So it was a whole nother asset class. But you better believe, even though I had that one deal, I marketed it like it was the best deal of a lifetime. My first deal was an amazing return. It's like house hacked it. So no money in, lots of money out. You could guess how high the returns are there. And so I really did my best to market what I did have. So I did do have the thousands of hours of real estate education under my belt. Any objection that I got from people, prospective investors, I was able to answer confidently, efficiently in a way that made sense, in a way that made them comfortable. I was able to outline what the opportunity is for them, and what is they're getting out of it. So when you're able to look at things, people invest with people they like, know, and trust. So all you have to do, right, is you have to get them to like you, they have to know who you are, and then now when it comes to credibility factor, that trust, it just comes from you guys having those conversations. So I think anyone can raise money from someone else. If someone today, brand new, green, showed me a deal. And I looked at this person's notes and I saw that they were dotting their T's, crossing their I's, all the numbers looked up great. And it was a 60% cash on cash return. And me, myself, in previous investments, I'm getting maybe 10, 20%. And I see them identifying opportunity after opportunity that 60% 
if I know trust them, right? If I feel like I could trust them with my money and they're honest, good people, heck yeah, I'm going to throw them whatever money they need, or I'm going to find the money that they need to do that investment deal because it's such a great opportunity. So when people are looking at like a deal that you present to them, they're thinking one or two things. They're thinking capital preservation, right? They want to know that they're not going to just give you, or they're not even giving you money. They're not going to invest their money and lose it. But they're also looking at what are the odds that you're actually able to operate and actually able to execute and get these returns that you're projecting in this performa. And so that comes from experience. Yes, that helps. But when you don't have it, talk about the deal. Talk about your team. Maybe you don't have the experience, but your cleaner that you have found in that market, they've been doing cleaning short-term rentals for 15, 10, 15 years. So boom, that's another expertise. The handyman, he's been handymanning short-term rentals. I've made up a word, short-term rentals <laughs> for 10, 15 years. So he has the expertise. Your, you know, your lender, they're the best of short-term rental lender in the nation. So you just put around you solid top rock star core team members, and then you leverage their skills and their knowledge and their experience. Cause you need to stand like real estate's a game where you're able to leverage other people's time, other people's money, other people's le opportunities, everything. It's great. So you just stand on other people's experience. And that's how you can basically be someone with no experience and stand strong and really convince someone with, with money to invest with you. Yeah. And the crazy thing here as well is, Everyone's really giving in this community. So you can always reach out to somebody and get freebies. Wink. I know Jabbar really enjoys. We, we have this joke where a Jabbar just gets all the freebies all the time. Oh. And it's more so a joke because people are so willing to they see a young guy hustling. They, they It's admirable and they want to help and they don't care about the money. So it's so interesting because, and the same goes for me. If anybody that's younger than me comes up to me and says, hey, what advice do you have for X, Y, or Z? And I see that they have a track record and they're actually executing. That means my time is not going to be wasted on somebody that's not going to do anything. So as long as you demonstrate to somebody that you will go above and beyond, they will put you under their wing and mentor you. I know Jabbar, maybe you can speak more about like mentorships and finding people to really help you with that experiential piece as well. Yeah. So that's one thing. And Patrick, I'm so glad you brought that up, especially for young people. I don't mean to isolate other demographics here, but for a young person, you have such an amazing opportunity because everyone wants to help you because you're young, because everyone looks at you, right? When you're in this business and you're serious, right? Don't be a tire kicker. They say, man, I wish, if only I wish I would have started when I was your age. You don't understand mm -hmm. how many times people say that to me. How many me too. people take and me And I'm 26. I feel yeah. like I'm late. And it's, oh, you're so young. You're, I'm so glad. And I've, I think the number one complaint I have about any real estate investor is they say, hey, I wish I would have started earlier. Number one complaint. Huh? <laughs> I always so I, I would have yeah. started earlier. Dude, there's people that are 17 that are flipping like six-figure properties and so, but the thing is we can't compare ourselves we can't compare ourselves to each other because each situation is different so like i've rested in the beginning i was like jabbar who's this young gun i was threatened i'm like damn this guy's this guy's stealing my thunder he's trying to be the youngest guy in the pod i'm trying to i'm trying to show that i'm the young gun trying to kill things 
But at the same time, it's like, you just collaborate, you work together. I think that's where there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I 100% agree. Oh my God, leverage that, dude. Yeah, so like, it's amazing. Cause I heard, I would hear this on Bigger Pockets, right? Cause Brandon Turner, he would always go like being young, everyone wants to help the youngest person in the room. They, they just all do. It's just an unfair advantage. We talk about unfair advantages that people have. Some people have backgrounds in real estate. Some people have rich parents since the majority of people listening to this do not the advantage that you have, especially if you're young is that you are young and people want to help you. So what I would do and Patrick, I know you do this too. I go and I cold call people, right? I go message them. I cold message people. So on Instagram, I'll send them a video with my face. Hi, my name's Jabbar. I'm a 20 year old United States Marine real estate investor. I'm looking to get into short-term rentals in this market. And here's where I'm having trouble specifically Boom. My response rate, my conversion on like the people who would open my message and respond was super high. Even with people with thousands of followers who are influencers in this space would respond to me because they just love giving back, especially to young people. So I would get help like Avery Carl. I remember when I reached out to her, I sent her this long paragraph. And because I was 20, she was willing to help me. And then she had me on her podcast. She had me, she actually, every time I messaged Avery, she responded to me. She gave me advice. Luke Carl, same thing. Being on, being young and doing this is super rewarding because you get so many opportunities just because you're unique. That's why Patrick has me on the show right now. It's yeah, a hundred percent. There's no other reason. Yeah, yeah, nothing else. To, it's just you're young. That's it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you got a lot. It's like being a pretty girl in, in like Topeka, <laughs> Kansas. There's just so little of you, but, and there's so many people are willing. That was, I, I don't mean that in any type of wrong way, but there's so many people willing to help you out and stare you on the right path. So it's, I meant to pretty girl privilege. It's a young person privilege. Yeah. That's like the whole thing when people say that good looking people have a 10% increase in salary on average based on <laughs> because they were good looks. They made a study about it, I think. But regardless, there are people judge at the end of the day. And it's like in a good, in a not bad way, but in a good way. In the sense that they see you and they say, wow, this guy's so young, like, and just trying so hard. Like, I'm just going to give him a little push. They feel like, oh, that was me at one point. So that's is they compare themselves when they were your age to you. So if you're all the time, they weren't even thinking about real estate and investing in business when they were in their early 20s. Oh, so yeah. when you are having this fire and this desire to get in the game, it's automatically a credibility factor because it's like that kid's different. That kid's going places. I want to be a part of it. I want to help him. That's the big thing. Also, people want to be a part of other people's success when they see traction. They're like, okay, that's like a good stock. I'm going to invest my time in here. And then maybe it'll exactly. pay out on their own. And sometimes some people just do it out of, for fun. But it's interesting because when people see that you have a head on your shoulders and you're 20, the first thing they say is, I wish I was younger when I started real estate. The second thing they'll say is, dang, I was going clubbing when I was 20, or I was doing this when I was 21, or I was not even thinking about real estate when I was 25. So it's, that's the privilege. So Jabbar, what do you think is the age where that privilege wears off? That's a good question, I think. I actually have no idea. I think, like, don't use age as a clutch. Like, you should actually, as a crutch, you should actually be doing things. You should actually be able to stand tall on your actual investing, your intelligence, your level of expertise in a certain area. So, like, for me, like, I'm going on 10 units in two years. Some people would say that's great. Some people would say that's they've done way better. Me, I'm always looking to grow more but I'm very proud of where I'm at today. And I know that there are a lot of people who um, 
don't do as much in such a short amount of time. I know there's a lot of people who do more. So I think it just, it's just perspective. Like that some people would say it ends at 18. Some people would say it's 20. Some people would say 21. Some people would say 30, you know, it, it really is just perspective. If you're talking to an 80 year old or, or if you're talking to another 25 year old, it just depends. Yeah. And let's talk about social media. That's the big thing about real estate and social media. Those people that flex on social media and all that, those people don't really have the money. And if they do, they might lose it real quick. Those are not the smart investors you want to be around. I think I see that all the time, especially young people. And then other young people will see those people flexing, especially in our demographic, the 20 to 30, like the gen, the millennial, early millennial, late gen Z, you'll see a lot of that where people flex. There's there's people that are gurus on Airbnbs or all sorts of things. Don't get discouraged, right? There's more to the story than, than you think. And Everyone's got their own. And then another thing is just think like when I, this is one thing I heard on a podcast and it really changed my life. It was instead of being jealous, when you see someone doing better than you, when you see someone doing something that's amazing, when you see someone crushing it, do not get jealous of them because comparison is the thief of joy. Draw inspiration from them. So if you see a 20, if I, when I see a 20 year old that's making 5 million bucks a year, I get inspired because that tells me I can do it too. I look at them. I like, they don't put, they don't have two heads. My mom used to always say this, JB, you do not have two heads. Always look at them and I say, wow, if they can do it, that means it's possible for me as well. And so that's the kind of like the mindset that you have to have because social media, it's a highlight reel. People are only going to show their best stuff. I have a lot of highlights on my social media, not a lot of failures. And there's a reason for that. So just know that there's things that people had to go through and just expect to go through it and it to take a long time for you to be successful. I think the most successful people always have a longer time horizon and the longer time horizon you're okay with like success finally coming, the more successful you'll actually be. And so if you are into this Airbnb business and your time horizon is I'm okay with not being successful. I'm going to learn this and master this until I'm successful. And I don't care if it takes me 30 years to do, you're going to be a lot more successful than the person that only has a time horizon of three months or six months or a year. That person is in it for such a short amount of time. They're going to be able, they're going to get discouraged a lot easier than you because you are saying I'm putting 30 years towards this craft, towards this success. And that's the game that I play. I'm going to be a billionaire one day and I'm playing, I choose, I don't even care. And one of my goals is to be on an NBA team. And I'm so okay with like it taking a lifetime. I don't care if I'm a hundred. I don't care if I'm dead. And my kids have to be the one to buy the NBA team in my name. That's just a goal that I'm going to chase for the rest of my life because it's what I want. I love having goals. I love having another thing to achieve. And that is my time horizon. The person who has to be a billionaire in five years or 10 years or less than that, they're less likely to get there and they're less likely to undergo tremendous amounts of success because they have a much shorter time horizon. So it's just be okay with going long periods of time without seeing any results because those little things, what you're doing today is what people are going to see five years from now, 10 years from now. The properties I'm buying now are the properties that are going to be worth millions of dollars. I own two point. I don't know, almost $3 million worth of real estate now that people are going to wonder, wow, where did he start? Or where did this all this wealth come from? And that's going to be seen 
10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, when those properties are paid off, they're worth double, if not triple, I paid for them and I'm going to look really smart. But that's because my time horizon was so much longer than the person who looks at social media is like, I need to be successful today, yesterday. Yeah. And it's a journey too. I think you don't have to rush things. It's the journey. It's so much fun. I just, I think right now I'm not the crazy, I'm not multimillionaire. I'm not anything crazy rich or anything, but I am rich in life, like genuinely rich in life where I don't have to worry too much about food or that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I'm also just like happy that I'm just doing what I love to do every day. And that's the most important part about this is having the time freedom and the happiness that comes from it. And a lot of people prioritize the wrong things. They don't play the long game. And I know I'm going to be also pretty, I'm going to be successful for what I do. And it's going to take, it's not, it's going to take some time, but at the end of the day, I'm okay waiting that time. Exactly. So, There's a saying that goes, the person who enjoys walking will go further than the person who enjoys just the destination. And that's literally what we're talking about now. If you're the person who enjoys just the walk, the journey of walking, the feeding, the strengthening of your muscles, the pain of you. I walk a lot of miles sometimes and I, it hurts, right? If you're the person who enjoys all those things, just the process, you're going to be willing to go a lot further than the person who only wants to go from Texas to California. And that's it. But they're just trying to yeah. get to California. So maybe how were you raised? Because this is a question that people ask me sometimes. They're like, wow, your mother must have put you in like boot camp or something. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's just like, what, what do you think were the contributing factors for you growing up that helped you understand get that mindset working so that you could get to the next? For me, I had more of the, everyone has a bad childhood. I had a rough childhood. I grew up single mom. I was abused by my single mom and that family for 15, what? from three to 15, so 12 years, so more than a decade. I had certain privileges and I had certain things that I lacked in life. And so I always grew up wanting more and knowing that I wanted to be better than where I was because my quite frankly, I hated it. I was told I was always going to be a failure. I was never going to be successful. When I was 15, my I was abused so badly that the neighbors had to call Child Protective Services to take me away from my brother and my the woman who abused me, my mother, my biological mother. And then I had to go out on a flyer and to my dad, who I had never met before in Texas when I was 15. And I turned 16, met my dad. Things changed a lot because I went from living this poor life where I was not really eating all the time. I wasn't, I was wearing raggedy clothes to where I was middle-class with my father. And I learned that there's more to life than struggling and being less than, and I wanted to be great. And that all fueled me not want to be normal. I knew that I didn't want to just be a guy making six figures, even 500,000, even a million dollars. I knew I wanted to be someone who... And, Money is just how you quantify the success in business, right? And I knew I wanted to be a guy who had like great long lasting impact, who was able to have contributions to the world that were, that left behind such a legacy that it helped other people leave even more legacies, almost like a community. And so all those things contributed to me finding myself along like the entrepreneurship path. And then obviously things like being in the military, you, I always thought if I'm going to be disciplined for the military, why not be disciplined for myself? So I have to wake up at four sometimes to maybe shoot on the range or PT or whatever. Why can't I wake up at four to improve myself? If I'm not going to go out to 
if I'm not allowed, sometimes we go to places where we're not allowed to go out in town at all and party and have fun. Why can I do that on like Saturdays and Sundays instead of going out clubbing like my peers? Why can I stay back and learn and perfect my in my craft? And there's a balance there. But the military definitely greatly helped me with having that discipline to learn and read the books and pay attention and write notes and ask questions and call people and things like that. So Jabbar, uh, uh, you said that you there's a balance to that. That there is definitely a balance. I've definitely gone out with you. Yeah. It's not like you well, don't do I mean, it at all. I wasn't able to go inside yeah. those places that yeah. we were going out <laughs> to because I was 20. And yeah. they, you had to be 21 to get in. Yeah. But- <laughs> is that crazy? Like even just networking after conferences, you weren't old enough to get to the networking part because it was at a bar. Yeah, People really didn't want to. Like a lot. It really upset me a lot. I know it did. I want to network with you guys and hang out because that's where all the deals You didn't even are. want to drink. You just yeah, didn't want to drink. I would have had a water the whole time. I, or <laughs> I would have wore handcuffs or something that said yeah. minor on my forehead, but they yeah. wouldn't let me in. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. And I get why they do that for liability and yeah. all the reasons. Uh, but at the end of the day, it sucks because when I was younger, as younger, like when I was younger than 21, I would go to networking events in Chicago downtown when I was like 19, 20. And when I was 19, 20, I used to be going to these networking events in Chicago and I was, I couldn't, I couldn't drink. I couldn't get in, but sometimes they wouldn't ID. And so I would just go in and just sit there and I wouldn't drink, but I would have my water just to hold the cup And I felt it was intimidating in a way. And you just had to do what you got to do. And it's one of those things you just got to deal with as a young person getting into this space. Yeah. And then and it's another thing. It's like little things. It's like connecting on that personal level with people. If people can't see them, their younger selves in you or a child in you, it's, I don't have kids. I can't really, it's like being friends with these people is not the same as them being friends with other people their age a lot of the times women I believe go through this too as well it's just sometimes there are things that you can't relate with on a certain level and you just have to overcome that it's can you do always ask always tell myself like instead of saying why can't I why don't I ask myself how can I and typically when you ask that self yourself that question over and over again you come up with a solution to 99 percent of the issues that you have yeah, because they're not really issues. They're only issues when you label it an issue. No. And, so you find out the solution. Oh, yeah. I think people just go to networking events, be around the right crowd of people. You'd be surprised. Personally, for me, I'm when I go and see people that are like Gen Xers or people 40, 50 years old, I tend to relate to them more than I do my peers that are my age. Unless I find somebody like you, Jabbar, and it's just, oh my God, it's like kryptonite. So another young guy doing cool things and it's in real estate and we can not only work with each other, we can talk shop about real estate and actually be excited about it. And we're the same age. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, most people like I want to hang out with are in their thirties and not nothing wrong with thirties, but also people that are older, forties, fifties, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just went to dinner with my friend, Julie, and that was a fun time. It wasn't like super real estate focused. It was just like, I'm eating dinner with friends and I don't know how old she is, but she's older than 20. And, and it was a great time. So you can like be friends with older people. It's just, you know, when you find someone your age that you can connect with, like my best friend, Marcel, I literally moved him from Myrtle beach, South Carolina down to Savannah to one of my houses, because I was like, dude, like 
we have to do something together because we're both young. We're both hungry. We both have this strong desire to be really successful in business. So that means financial success. And I wanted us to be around each other a lot more. And we, and it's amazing because it's not like, I don't just connect with them on real estate. I connect, I'm a, I'm 21 years old. So connect with, with women, talking to girls, yep. connect with and dressing clothes, being in different scenarios. We just relate on such a closer level. That's just because we're at like the same place in life. hundred percent. And you know, what I wanted to ask as well, you're Nigerian, correct? Yeah. They call me the Nigerian nightmare at work. Nigerian nightmare. I like that. That's good. Parents are just like popping out. Babies are just like ready to go and take on the world at 15 years old. And they're all very last. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dude. So for all the Nigerian followers, is that a cultural thing too? Because I've talked to some Nigerians that are young and they tell me the same thing. They say, you know what? It's a cultural thing. Our parents raised us this way for excellence all the time. And it's ingrained in our culture. So yeah, let's talk a little about that in your upbringing. Did that help as well being in the Nigerian culture? Yeah. So I was, so Nigerians are really big on education and I was never big on education. I was always, I, I'm not too my own hand. I was always smart and I would only, I would only show that I was smart the last quarter of the year, the rest of the three quarters, I just did enough to get by because I didn't understand this concept of learning all these like use, useless things and then up having to apply them when they really didn't matter. So I, was, I wasn't the best student and that really hurt my relationship at home, like growing up. And I think that's one of the reasons I was abused is because like, I was just, I just didn't have that same desire to have all A's. But then when I moved to Texas, grades got better. And I remember my mom, oh my gosh, Every time I would have all A's, but if it was like a 90, she would say, you see your life. He is, he's building computers. He's programming with Microsoft and Facebook and he has all 99s and you, you, it's like not a 99. You have nineties. Does he have two heads? (laughs) That's what you always (laughs) say to me. Does he have two heads? And I would get so mad because she would always compare me to him. She's like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) We're not, we go to two different schools. It's different. And it's just like that. It's like, why, if this person's doing good, why can't you do good? It's kind of a lot of comparison too, right? With with people. Yeah. My mom was the same way. She was like, oh my God. Let me tell you about the story of this 19 year old programmer that started this insane company. It's, I know what you're doing here. Okay. I get it. I'm not that right now. I get it. So it's funny. It's a cultural thing. Our church would have this thing at the end of the church, the school year where all the kids, only if you got all A's were put on the, were put in front of the church and you were given medals and they called you by name. And I never was on you because you had to have all A's throughout the whole school year. And I just thought that was stupid. So I, so I just like never did it. And my mom would be so mad. Graduate, like graduation time was the worst time for me because I'd be hiding. You're embarrassed. You're like, crap, I'm going to have to go through this again. I'm going to have to freaking go on stage and get just shame. I wouldn't go to church. That's how bad it was. Wow. (laughs) We'd skip church that week because she knew I wasn't getting my name. (laughs) Oh, I'm sick. One B. One B in an entire school year. She'd be like, yeah, you're a failure. Isn't that crazy? The standards yeah. that the education system puts on you. Would do you think that growing up, you would put your kids through K through 12 public education? Or do you think you would homeschool? Oh, no. I don't know about homeschooling because I plan on being like a really successful. So probably possibly really busy. I'm going to be present. But my, if I'm able to homeschool, cool. I do want my kids to be around other talented kids. And I think I want to give them 
the highest probability of being successful. And that means like high quality education. So I'm not, I think like public education broadly, I know there's great public schools, you know, those I'm not calling, this is not to insult anyone. It's just, I don't want my kid to be average. So if I send them to an average school, their likelihood of being average is a lot higher than if I send them to a private, highly rated entrepreneurial type business, thinker, creative mind type school. Yeah. Hopefully we don't become antisocial nerds. We'll figure that <laughs> out too, but I'm 21. So I'll figure it out. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not in a rush. I just think it's like an interesting topic of a conversation just to think about what, you know, what you would want your future to look like for your kids, how maybe you weren't raised or how this kind of thing. So for me, I always look at that and I think that it's all about the environment, right? So I want people that are younger than me to be in the right environment. So that means like even you, Jabbar, being around people that are actually doing it and you've done, you've done that yourself, obviously, but there are other people listening that just aren't in the right crowds of people. And it's always good to be around the people that are killing it because it inspires you. Like you said, the right people inspire you and they bring you up. The wrong people put you down, but you got to find those people that really you resonate with that can really bring you up. Because if you're in a dead end job and you can't relate to anybody there, there's probably a sign that you're just built different. It's like a fish trying to climb a pole. It's, it doesn't work. My entire life, I've always been like an outcast, outsider, weird kid, all of that. So I've, I'm unique. And so even in the Marine Corps, I am people, when I start talking, people are, oh my God, he's going to talk to us about real estate again. <laughs> they're, they're, they're last names, right? Adesada, die. Stop talking. We don't want to hear it. And I think to myself, you guys are like, people pay for this, like the game that I'm giving you, people pay thousands of dollars for it. And like, you guys would rather talk about this girl that you talked to at the bar that you didn't even get her number, but you were excited that you got the confidence to talk to her or this new car with yeah. your 11% interest rate that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Conversation. But when I want to talk about things that are going to better your life, you don't want to hear it. So that's common for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when you're in this journey of just learning about it. You just want to share it with everyone. It's like you found Jesus and you just want to share it with <laughs> the whole neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. It's like people are going to really not understand the vision. You're going to be misunderstood. People, you're going to have to separate yourself. And for me, I had to, I, I still love my friends to death, but some of my friends I had to stop talking to as much. I used to talk to my mom every day. I, I talk to my mom a healthy amount of times now, but I stopped talking to her a lot of the times because her vision and our alignment wasn't matching because she was like school and I was like business. So there's things that you're going to, your family will understand, your friends won't, and you're going to have to make new friends. And I sought them out. Like I saw, we sought each other out. Patrick, I think you reached out to me or I reached out to you. You're just going to have to find people who think like you and surround yourself with them because the uh-huh. phrase that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with is so freaking true. It's yeah. so, so true. If you're around yeah. lazy people or drug dealers or gang bangers, that's where you'll be. If you're around super successful multimillionaires, blah, 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 that's where you'll be. I'm at the point now where like I'm getting, I'm on track to be a millionaire by next year, by the grace of God. God forbid nothing bad happens. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think about it. If you look at my Instagram, if you look at my Facebook, if you look at all my posts, I'm, and this is not to brag, there's tons of millionaires who are in my comments supporting me. There's tons of millionaires in my phone book. I, and you have this too. In my phone, there's tons of millionaires I communicate with on a daily, consistent basis. So it's not surprising 
that I'm going to be the next one because I spend my the most of my time with millionaires. So it's the same. If you want to be a billionaire, spend time with more billionaires. Yep. If you want to be a kick-ass entrepreneur, spend your time with other kick-ass entrepreneurs. You just have to find those people and surround yourself with them because you'll start to pick up habits and traits that those people have that made them successful. They'll rub off to you and make you successful as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. Let's just start wrapping this up. So I think I can talk about all this stuff all day. And honestly, we're probably going to need to have another episode or something. I just, or maybe we just love to talk. So who knows? Maybe people are just you, at this point tuned out, but this is valuable stuff. So hopefully some people got something out of it. And Jabbar, I do want to bring back the attention to you and just finish up with the last couple questions here one is what book do you recommend to people and doesn't have to be real estate or entrepreneurship related it could be anything so i recommend the one thing by gary keller it talks about basically everyone should have their one thing that that they do that makes everything else in their lives easier and unnecessary and when you boil it down to that one thing that one skill that you should be working on for four plus hours a day then it will really get you quickly accumulate the skills that are needed for you to be successful. So like that book's a good book for framing success and what you, the action steps you should take to be successful. The one thing, it's an amazing book. I've read it awesome. front cover to cover multiple times. Yeah. I haven't even read that book. So that's going to go on my mental list. It's long. So what advice would you give to people that are listening? Wow. That's a good question. There's a lot, but let's boil it down to one thing. I think it's important to just focus on one thing that you believe people are going to get out of this conversation. I think that if to keep it, if your goal is to get into real estate, the biggest thing that you could do for yourself is to mass educate. But while you're mass educating, the most important thing, that one thing you could be doing meet with as many actual investors as possible. Reach out to them, reach out to them, reach out to them, reach out to them, talk to them, learn their secrets, learn their traits, learn what made them successful, learn how they're operating their business and just latch yourself onto a couple of them that are doing really well and following their footsteps. But that most important one thing is just to reach out, get yourself out there and say, I'm a real estate investor. Hi, nice to meet you. Even if you're not, and I want to meet you and hear what, about your what you're doing. Because the thing about real estate investors, and you guys can tell by these podcasts that Patrick's had, the people he's hosted, is they love to talk about themselves. They love to talk about the deals that they have going on, the money that they're making. It's just a part of the game. So that's the one thing I would do. Because nobody else in the base wants to listen to Jabbar. So message him and... That actually is a good segue. How can people reach you? Yeah, so find me on Instagram at Jabbar underscore Investar instead of Investor, Investar. If you guys want to partner up together, do deals together, if you have money and you don't have a lot of time, I'm always looking for someone to work with and then purchase real estate with and make a lot of money. Reach out to me there. Reach out to me if you need help. I'm super giving. I do take a little bit to respond if your question is not specific enough, because I get a lot of messages sometimes and I'm pretty busy. But if you message me about something specific, especially if you're interested in being a Connor and partnering on a deal together, reach out to me there on Instagram. Awesome. So there you have it, folks. That's how you get a hold of him. And I know you're on base as well. And when does that end? The base? What do you mean? Like when do you when do you off? Like when uh, you probably five. 5 p.m. Eastern. 
Yeah, so that's probably the best time. And what's last question? What's the future for Jabbar look like? And I know you tapped into this a little bit, but this is a place where you can have your ask. So for me, I'm working on really being more of a serial entrepreneur. So I'm going to be really streamlining the Airbnb business to have people doing a lot of the roles I've been doing because I've been doing all of them for me so that that can grow massively and be its own business. I'm, I, my goal is to do at least $2 million a year in revenue, net profits from the short-term rental business. Also want to get into helping other people because that's my passion is helping other people get into business and do real estate as well. So I'll be coming out with some education products for other people so they can kind of streamline their learning curve. And uh, yeah, I just want to help people, man, help people do more deals and be happy. Very important to be happy. <laughs> you guys, anyone has any cool investor friends, people with lots of money, hit me up. I know how to make you a lot of money in a non-salesy way. I'm honest, Marine, swear to God. And uh, yeah, that's like where the future looks like. Billionaire, NBA team owner. What NBA team? If you have to pick right well, now. That's uh, a good so, question, huh? Yeah, it's a good question because I don't know where I'm going to live. I would want to purchase one where I would live after I got out the Marine Corps. And I'm debating because I haven't been to Miami yet. But something tells me I'm going to fall in love with Miami. And I love Houston, Houston, Texas. I love Texas a lot. So like Houston Rockets. Yeah, the Houston Rockets. So even Miami Heat, Houston Rockets, one or the other. Cool. See you on the big screens. Maybe both of them. Hit up Jabbar if you need tickets to the Houston Rockets. (laughs) That's funny. Anyways, thanks so much, Jabbar. You're the man as always. You are fucking killing it. And so just keep doing what you're doing. And thanks for inspiring people out there. And yeah, man, just giving back. So that's what you got to do. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. Of course, bro. Of course.